The CarTech Garage, opening the hood for all things automotive. I'm Wesley Adams. And I'm Max Gundrum, and we are the CarTech Guys. History, racing, repair, and all the parts in between. Hit us up on social media at the CarTech Garage. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning back into the CarTech Garage, uh, where we try to keep cars interesting. Yeah, we absolutely do. And thank you guys once again for listening. Yeah. What's up, Max? Oh, you know, not much. Just another Saturday here at the radio station, you know, recording some podcasts. So we've got a nice topic for you today. Um, It's a question, you know, I get asked a few times, and I think it's uh, kind of a subject, truthfully, I think both of us really take for granted um, just our, our knowledge level that we have of cars. Um, but, you know, I had somebody ask me one day, they said, hey, you know, I, I know you guys work on all different makes and models. You know, what are some challenges or are there really any differences between car to car? And, you know, to me, I'm sitting there going, oh, well, it's guys, four wheels, suspension components, you know, braking. They're basically the same, but they're all put together completely differently. So different parts, different manufacturing processes, different design elements, everything is different. I mean, just because they all serve the same purpose, um, going about repairing them can be very challenging. Exactly. And, and I, it took me a second. I really had to think about it because I'd never been asked that question before really thought about, you know, it's just something we do. We just get used to it. But I, I was trying to think of like an analogy to, to compare it to and the easiest way is almost like automotive languages. You know, I speak a little bit of Spanish. I would say not very fluent, but I can speak Spanish, a little bit of German. You know, I have some bases. So it's the same set of words, you know, same idea, same message, but it's usually done in a completely different manner. Yeah. So that was like the, the easiest analogy I could use to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, you know, digging into it where, you know, guys that work on the, you know, dealership side where they're only working under one brand specifically. I mean, you're seeing the same models of cars, but different year, various years. You have all of the information that's right there at your toes. And it's, you know, I'm not downing either one or the other, you know, that that's not the the conversation. But in those areas, you know, there's guys that only work on Toyotas their entire life. Granted, does that mean that they can't work on other vehicles? Probably not. They're probably well-versed enough. But if you threw a Volkswagen at them and they'd only worked on Toyotas for the last 25 years. They're going to have to go to school. Exactly. <laughs> they're going to have to scratch their head and they're going to have to figure out the procedures. Um, so that's that's where the huge difference is and why I'm very thankful that we work in the independent industry because I get to see, and so do you, Wesley, you know, just all these different, you know, various makes, models, and how they go together. And my favorite one, you know, when I really realized how much of a difference there was, is just think about all the different names for each part, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't even know off the top of my head, there's so many differences. But if you call, you know, a Subaru dealership versus an Audi, Volkswagen, that's for the same part. Same part could yeah. have 10 different names and they. Yeah, so it could be called a clock spring uh, or an airbag contact assembly, you know, or there's, there's so many different, you know, nomenclatures, I guess, yeah. to each individual part. Even Sean and I always argue he wants to call stabilizer bar links link pins. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's stabilizer bar links. <laughs> and, and some areas, you know, like that, that, that all stems, you know, from the dealerships and the manufacturers kind of dictating, you know, how the work is done and what each part's yeah. called. So if the guy has worked in, you know, say a GM dealership a long time ago, you can notice all the little GM tendencies and, and vice versa. So it's yeah. for me working with, you know, a, a group of different guys with different backgrounds it's kind of neat to hear just those little yeah. little differences that they make. It's like hearing those weird people that call soda pop. I just call it soda pop. Just to, <laughs> soda pop. I got both just of them break covered. In the middle or a Coke. <laughs> I just want a Coke. So I get down south and, you know, anywhere else. There we go. I use all three. All three. I just yeah. need a soda pop Coke. What? I, I, want a, I would like a Sprite, please. <laughs> so as I said, you know, kind of all starts from the dealership level. Um, and and kind of the difference, too, with us is you know, we're not working on the same thing. So it is constant school. It is constant mm -hmm. changing new scan tools, new technology. You know, we have to do a vast amount of research, every vehicle mm -hmm. that we look at, you know, I know me personally, I started with kind of Toyota and Honda. Mm -hmm. Those were the two main focal points. And then started that's, that's to go when we into, hand all the newbies first. We don't let them tackle the Volkswagens and the Audis until they've yeah. been around for a few years. <laughs> and, you know, then I kind of hopped into some GM, you know, Ford, yeah. all of that, you know, the domestics, but you know, Hondas were really what I, I messed with at an early age. So it was just super simple and pretty much you need a 10 millimeter, you know, wrench and, and socket you and do you everything. can do just about everything. Everything yeah. on the car. Um, but from there, you know, then I started to, you know, work on just doing basic maintenance on, on Volkswagens and, you know, Audis, Mercedes, um, kind of these oddball cars and where you would think it's the same process. It's not at all. You oh, know, sometimes goodness, no. you hop in a Mercedes and it, it takes 15 minutes to reset the oil. You have to do it with yep. a scan tool where you hop in a Honda or Toyota. Pull the dipstick. Yeah. You, you push a button for like 10 seconds and go through some settings and boom, yep. bada bang, it, it's changed. Yep. So that's where that difference really starts to, to play. Well, it's just like with the BMWs. I mean, they don't even have a dipstick on all the newer ones. You know, it, it only relies off the oil level sensor. So oh, if that no. thing, you know, craps out. You have no idea. <laughs> you got to drain it and measure it. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you're right. We are very fortunate to have had the experiences of all of these different makes and models. So I feel that we're pretty well versed in cars as a whole. And although there are certain aspects when you really get down to the finite details that we may not be as much of experts in, mm -hmm. you know, like somebody at the dealership would, but we can certainly hold our own across, you know, that entire broad range. Well, that was like another analogy that I used um, to like explain to somebody, you know, once again, I'm not downing dealership tech, independent tech, you know, there's, there's no controversy there. Any technician's a good technician, you know, as long as they, they do their job very well and, and continuously train, but it's where that difference of, I know a lot more about a lot of vehicles versus, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, a perfect example with a guy at Toyota that's been there for, you know, 25 years and that's what he specializes in he obviously has a wealth of knowledge yeah. when it comes to Toyota. It's, it's kind of one of those jack of all trades, master and none situations. Mm -hmm. um, but I would like to think that we're a little bit, you know, better than just a jack of all trades, you know, because in most vehicles, especially the simpler ones, we are absolute experts. You know mm -hmm. I mean? I, I know every single little detail about my Camry. I knew every single little detail about, you know, my Supra, my Miata, all of those cars. And, um, you know, just because I can't translate that directly to somebody who owns, you know, a GTI, I don't know every single little finite detail about a GTI, but trust me, I've fixed enough of them to know at least 75% of that car. Yeah. And, and that's the difference where, you know, 
that's where I compared to being, that's why I love being an independent technician is because it gives me a different perspective on cars where I don't just go in and okay, well, this is common failure part. We've done this a hundred times, get one off a part shelf. Yep. It's under warranty anyways, you know, just slap it on there. There's no, nothing routine about it. We have to do it. And we also get to see the, you know, higher mileage cars. So they mm-hmm. have these oddball issues where it's yep. not a, oh, hey, this has happened, you know, a hundred thousand times mm-hmm. over 10 years of this car's life and all across the country no this is the one oddball nobody has any information yeah. on it you really have to dig and, down and, and, and do your thing. diagnostics you know, with, with private repair shops we are so blessed because in my opinion some of the best diagnostic technicians come through our doors because they want to learn how to work on everything and they have to figure out those problems day in and day out and of course practice makes perfect so where you have a dealer tech again not knocking but you know you dealer techs know when a car comes in you know, 85% of the time, you already know what's wrong with it. You already know what, what part you're going to put on it. You're usually just going to read the code, verify that that's the common failure part, and you're going to go ahead and replace it. Now, our my tech Sean, my tech Dan, my tech Fred, all those guys are going to get out the multimeters, yeah. get out the picoscopes, look at every single thing on that car, do a proper job, and get you some dead set answers. And, you know, there are certain items where we pretty much know ahead of time, but we yeah. still follow the process and verify because we don't ever want to guess with anybody's money. That's what, and you know, it's that difference where we don't have, and you know, once again, not downing anybody that's a dealership technician, because as I said, there's plenty of great minds that have done that. And also those guys have sometimes jumped around Mm -hmm. from a lot of different places. Not to say that they can't figure out, you know, any other car as well. You know, they've got the, the training and the necessary skills. But it's also, you know, kind of like uh, how the, the technicians paid to is, is a Mm -hmm. whole dictator. And, you know, if, if it is, yeah. He is not, you know, getting paid for diagnostics. Of course, he's going to kind of sling it and get it done faster. (laughs) You know, it's just that gray area of of cars that people don't really see if they're not in the automotive industry. So it's something, you know, I wanted to bring light. Just like why pay that podcast we had about why you pay for diagnostics. Mm -hmm. Do you want somebody to read a code and take a guess? Yeah, they might be right. I can be right 100% of the time. I can roll a dice. I'll roll a dice for free. I'm fine with that. It's your money. Here you go. (laughs) You want to fix that? That's fine. But if, you know, if you want our guarantee, on it, then let me follow my process and let me do diligence to find out an answer for you. Mm -hmm. And the, the analogy that I was talking about, you know, as far as parts go, um, it's the same way, you know, German and English are very similar, Mm -hmm. but the words are extremely different. You know, they're the sentences and, you know, I'm, I'm not a writing or English major by any means, but you know, the sentences are based still the same way, you know, just as you went English versus Spanish, you know, they kind of change where everything is. So the like words are you, completely it's different. It's like when you order in a part, you know, that you have to have like, you know, actually shipped in for Audi or something like mm. that. And it'll come in and then, you know, we'll have the part list on it and they transfer it directly or translate it directly from German. And it'll just say, you know, like gasket pan oil. Yeah. Switch of assembly. Oil pan gasket. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> it's just, it's a funny way of, of things. Well, anyway, let's just keep talking about that. So we've kind of covered, you know, a lot of, you know, different automotive languages, like Max had just said. And there's many different things that it's like the telephone game sometimes, you know, the telephone game where yeah. you, you hear one thing and it slowly changes and changes and changes. And by the time it makes it all the way over here to the dealership in the States, nobody knows what that part's called. <laughs> and you got to look, I've got to look up like six different tag words in my parts locator to try and find this one part. And I've got to pull up pictures and walk them out to the text and everything. So it's funny that they haven't made all of that stuff uniform yet. Mm-hmm. Like another example, too, that I wanted to go into is, you know, we don't really work around high end vehicles, but hearing all the stories and and knowing people that do work on that aspect of it, like it's a few. No, I mean, no, we're talking big, 
big high dollar stuff, you know, Bugattis, Ferraris, we stuff put a, that's we worth put a battery more than in a Ford GT one time. It doesn't count. What I mean is, is the sophistication of them. So, or sophisticated portions of them yep. where like, uh, what is it? The 918, you know, Porsche, yep. when you do an alignment, it has to be weighted perfectly. Mm-hmm. It has to be balanced. Like the alignment pays two, three, four they, hours, something yeah. along those lines versus an alignment for us, you know, is half an hour to an hour, depending on how rusty it is. Truthfully. Exactly. Yeah. But they, so, they do that in Porsche. Yeah. They, they even use, they used to do that, um, at Lexus as well. They'll mm-hmm. actually, they've got these, they do it at BMW also for some of their higher performance vehicles. They've got these weighted bags that they actually disperse around the vehicle to make sure that the suspension is proper. Yeah. They a want lot you, of, uh, a lot of performance shops will do that too. Mm-hmm. They want you to align it as if there's weight in the vehicle, just as you would simulate, you know, while driving the car. Yeah. Like full gas tank, you're sitting in it, everything else. And you know, most of the other cars nowadays, they just get static alignments. You roll them onto the lift. Nobody's in the car. You just make sure it's going down the road straight. And then that suspension geometry does change. Even mm-hmm. when a 110 pound person sits in the driver's seat, it, it changes a little bit. It does. I've, I've I've heard some some horror stories of, of some alignments over the years. Um, just in the nicest way to put it, you know, someone who's larger. on the on the larger <laughs> side of you know it just constantly pulling and it not being aligned right because of course the vehicle is aligned without really any weight exactly. for most average cars. And you'll and have like really bad tire wear on one of them. And there's one horror story where I heard that they actually had to align the vehicle with them in it with them yeah, in it to make sure too. to drive it straight, which I is, had a you know, buddy, terrible. I had a buddy who took happen. his uh, Subaru legacy GT. He had, um, you know, one of the turbo ones. Mm. Um, he got a full set of KW variant three coilovers on it, new control arms and everything. And he did the same thing. He took it up um, to his, his alignment shop at his tuner and he sat in the car. They weighted the other car with 150 pounds or the other side with 150 pounds. Since normally he has somebody riding with him and they aligned the vehicle that way. And he said it was, it was better than it had ever been. Yeah. It's, it's spot on when you do it, you know, they, they have those different deals, but not even alone from alignments and, and all of that. But when you go into like doing an oil change on one of those vehicles, I think an oil change on something, you know, those high end cars, like I know I've seen some Porsches where they have like 10 drain plugs or something crazy. It's a baffled oil pan with different spots in it. And they've got a dry sump and you got to drain out this and that. So it's like a whole nother step above an oil catch can that you've got to train out (laughs) versus, you know, a normal car where just, all right, take the drain plug out, take the wolf filter off, put everything on, fill it up. You're good to go. No, there's, there's just not a quick different thing. No, I remember when they used to change the oil in the LFA. I mean, it was an hour just to get all of the freaking carbon fiber covers off of the bottom because yeah, the of, whole thing's covered. Correct? Yeah. It was all titanium fasteners and carbon fiber covers and you had to take it all off with special tooling. And it was, That's insane. And yeah, it, it was an all day procedure just to give it it's, it's every, you know, 5,000 mile service. It was incredible. And then they also, so the oil that they used was special, as you would imagine, it was like $30 a quarter, something crazy. Mm-hmm. And they had to change it, run it, drain it again, and then refill it. Seriously? They like flushed out the oil in it. Yes. See, I've never really worked around, you know, high end. A lot of high these vehicles, vehicles are like that. Yep. That's, well, that's crazy. the thing. When you think of you have an investment when you spent a quarter million dollars on a car or more, money is no object in terms of maintenance. You know <laughs> no. what I mean? Like what's the difference between a seven hundred dollar service and a thousand dollar service? You know, nothing. By no. all means do whatever it needs. That's and, what you're you're paying for in that different, you know, so in that language of an aspect of just cost wise for how much the vehicle is worth. Mm-hmm. Obviously that sets up a whole different language for oh what's going gosh. on. It's not, hey, 
how much is it going to be? It's going to go, hey, when can I have my car back? That's the only question you better <laughs> like ask. If, you, if the question check. of price comes up, you shouldn't have bought that car. You <laughs> exactly. Know what I mean? It's like, I, I'll never forget this story. And if the guy's out there listening to it, I am making fun of you a little bit. He calls into Almers and he's like, hey, I've got this forty nine ninety five bumper to bumper coupon. I think my car, I know my car takes synthetic, but I just want to see if I could still use the coupon and have you guys do it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure. No, no worries at all. What kind of car do you have? I have a 2008 Lamborghini Gallardo. <laughs> I was like, we don't work on Lamborghini. I was like, sir, I, I appreciate it. You have a very beautiful car, but I, I will not be able to perform any maintenance on your vehicle. I apologize. And I'm sure as hell not using a 4995 <laughs> coupon. On it. No, that's what I would have. If you guys, if I would have seen that car roll up in the lot, I would have not been a happy camper. I would have went out, taken not. a picture and asked him to leave. Yep. <laughs> that's about it's it. Neat, like get it off cool, a lot before anything happens right away. That's a whole different level of just not being experienced. I'm sure we could do it. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm sure I, we could we, figure it out. It might but take I don't seven it days out. or the whole That's week. That's too much liability. And then you guys are yelling at me. Hey, Max, what's taking so long? I'm like, I don't know. I've got to go to school for this car real quick just to make yeah, sure or the, I do everything or perfectly. something happens, you know, the, the engine lets loose 3,000 miles and then we're, we're stuck putting a thirty or $40,000 engine in a Lamborghini. Yeah, that's the position That'll I want to be That'll be fun. In. That'll be really fun. Yeah, exactly. Pay back the whole week just for one car. But yeah, it's, it's just basically in essence, you know, I, I've always been asked that question, you know, what's the difference between working on the cars, um, different aspects, different ways. And, you know, even trucks, cars, they're different. So that was my, my easiest way to explain to somebody who's never worked on cars or been in the automotive industry and just wondering, you know, Hey, when they go in the shop and I see all of these different mm -hmm. makes and models, like, how do they, are they really different or yeah. are they not? And that's the analogy that I've ultimately come to conclusion works best is basically all of them have their own different language and you have to understand that language in order to do it. Yep. Different languages, different dialects, and, you know, they're built all over the world by different people, different engineers, different mindsets, different build philosophies. And um, obviously, you know, you're going to have to be, a, I guess, pretty malleable. Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have to be teachable, coachable. And um you know, to be in the uh, in the private sector of automotive repair right now is more challenging than ever. There's no doubt about it. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful that we have so many brain cells mm -hmm. at, our, at our business. I agree. It helps it out tremendously. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening to the Car Tech Garage again. Um, just like normal, we'll be back next week with even more content to help keep cars interesting. Hit us up on social media at the Car Tech Garage. And um, thanks for everybody who's listened. Uh, don't forget to download our podcast and subscribe for any of notifications. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. See ya. This podcast has been brought to you by Almer's Auto Care in Cincinnati, Ohio, providing service beyond compare since 1936.